Welcome into Scousers Abroad, a show with myself, Jack, and Ta, presented by the LFC Transfer Room. Ta, it's a great time to be a Liverpool fan, isn't it? It's in the name Transfer Room. We had a great, exciting transfer back in January. Luis Diaz, a lot of excitement there. But it's LFC Trophy Room on the verge <laughs> of. There's been some big performances recent weeks that have given Liverpool a big leg up in terms of their pursuit for trophies. Before we talk about anything Liverpool related, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. I'm in a great mood today, given what's happened over the past few weeks, last week, and what's going to happen this week. So I'm super hyped. Yeah, our local college having a big event this weekend, um, so that's where the, the hat's on. Also, it's a bad hair day for me, so I was like, let's, let's clamp it down. <laughs> that's an excuse. It's just an it excuse. It is an excuse, but oh, your hair's looking phenomenal today, so I feel like I let to team down a little bit. We were going to do suits originally, but I was a bit tired, and I, I told you this morning, you know, no suits, so apologies for a bit more of a understated look from both uh, of us. We're all good. We're all good. We're keeping it chill. Exactly. Low-key, but I mean, Liverpool... Have they been keeping it chill or have they been kind of going crazy? I think it's been more so the crazy than the chill scale. Two matches to recap today, two to preview today. Um, it, it was an unbelievable match on the weekend against Manchester City. It came down to uh, be a little closer down the stretch than probably we would have liked. Mm-hmm. But Liverpool winning three goals to two against Manchester City. All of their goals coming in the first half. The two from Manchester City coming in the second half. I mean, it was it was brilliant from Liverpool in that first half. As good as they've played against Manchester City in, in some time. Exceptional performance. I think that first half, Jack, was probably the best half Liverpool have played this season that I can recall. Outclass City, the NFT midfield, we were debating whether Klopp would go with Naby, Fab, and Thiago. And the way they operated and dominated Fernandinho, Bernardo Silva, it was just a mismatch in the entire first half. Everything that Liverpool wanted to do, they controlled it and it started in midfield. Other than the midfield, Ibu Konate, I mean, three in three. Every time a corner gets whipped in now, I think a lot of the opponents will have to start eyeing Konate and where he is, which is good because it's going to free up the other options that we have. Uh, Jota has the ball well, Mane from time to time, and let's not forget Big Verge as well. So it's going to free up a lot more, and he's an incredible defender. Oh, yeah. Konate opened the scoring in the ninth minute. His goals, those three goals, the two against Benfica and the one against Manchester City, they're, I'm not saying they're not athletic goals, but it's the fact that he's, what, 6'4", 6'5", mm-hmm. and just got a good leap on him. Yeah. What do you do to defend that? Because when he gets good contact on a header, it's just kind of whether it's up to him. There's very little you can do as a defender. It's a serious threat, Ta, from, from set pieces. Yeah, and I think Liverpool have scored the most set yep. pieces yep. this season. So, yeah, it's fantastic that most of the goals don't always have to come from open play and that brilliant through pass, one-on-one situations, when you can mix it up, that's when you become very lethal. And I think we have to talk about Mane in, in that game. I mean, yes, the first goal for Mane was an absolute gift from your fellow American, Zach Steffen, and goal. I mean, did, did he think he was Ederson? Was Ederson? It seemed more like, you know, in FIFA, when you play online against someone, uh-huh. And all of a sudden, your Wi-Fi goes bad, and disconnect. it just disconnects. That's that's what happened. So the, whoever was controlling Sex Stefan just lost yeah. internet connection, and then he just <laughs> blanked out. But no, Mane capitalizes <sighs> for that second goal of the game for Liverpool, and then that third goal. I mean, the way he slices it, and Thiago's pass just capped up a brilliant first half. Scrumptious. Coming out in the second half, though, I sort of expected City to grow into the game. Yep. It's Pep Guardiola at the end of the day, so... Man City aren't just going to lose 3-0 and say, hey, whatever, we, we're going to give up 
they're going to come back. They're going to start fighting. So it was expected of them. I saw Liverpool dominated still in the second half without having to go into full gear. Mm -hmm. So they allowed City to do more passing, allow City to have more chances. But it wasn't to the point that I was very worried. It got a little bit nervy with additional time and yeah. uh, Sterling had a chance late on. But for the majority of the second half, I didn't feel as if City were going to come back and win it at all. Yeah, I think the big breaking point could have been if Jesus puts away the chance in the 70th minute, makes it 3-2 with 20 minutes to go. I was watching it like this. You really? Know, wow. With 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 four with three minutes to go, you know, when it was three two, I'm like, all right, guys, come on, we've played so well today, let's just get it done, get it over the line. Um, so if it was that way, that score line with 20 minutes to go, I would have, I would have been miserable. That would have been miserable. But you know, you you take the good with the bad, and I think that Sadio Mane, you mentioned the gift from my fellow soccer ball player, um, <laughs> Zach Steffen, soccer player. Um, he, yeah, it was it was terrible from him, you know, and that's just a a, a product of him not playing much for Manchester City, mm. and he's an inferior passer of the ball to Ederson. I think Ederson's probably got the best distribution in the world, and that's mm. that's not. I mean, it's hard to find anybody better because I think he's quite literally the apex of that. Um, he's just got to plunk that out of play. I know Guardiola would have been mad at him for you know breaking up their build up play, but he would have been more mad probably. Well, he'd been less mad than him conceding the goal because he just took a terrible touch, didn't get a good second touch to it. And then, I mean, credit to Mane, you know, that's the kind of run you make 100 times a game. And it doesn't pay off 99 times. But the one time it does, you're a genius. You're, mm -hmm. you're working hard. And it, it, it proves for something because you always got to close down, but it very rarely comes to something. Um, and so those first two goals are pretty scrappy. You know, the corner, the mistake by the keeper. But that last goal... Uh, you know, it was incredibly well worked, and just the the lift on Thiago's pass and Mane with great contact on it. How how good a goal is that? Uh, where where do you? I mean, there's some good goals in the match that we're about to preview in a moment, but where does that goal rate for you this season? It's probably top ten. Doesn't top 10. make top five because I feel like there's been even more brilliant goals yeah. scored, and there's a lot to pick from, but. I like the build-up play. I really like the way the midfield started, the move you know, from the right into the middle, and then Thiago just makes a bit of a, a dink pass outright. And Mane, usually I thought he would control it and then maybe drive into yeah. the box, but he just slices it. I mean, it's, it's a tough finish. Maybe you can ask the question, should Stefan have done better because that beat him at his front post? But the way that... The leg goes one way and then the ball swerves the other way. Just makes it very hard to predict where. So, yeah, it's a fantastic goal. The last thing I want to hit on is, you know, how does that translate to the league? We've already seen one league match since then. Liverpool 1 and Manchester City 1. Liverpool 4-0 and City 3-0. Is there any correlation you think or hangover that could happen by Liverpool winning in terms of that battle between the two sides? For Liverpool, a huge morale boost because you now have the rest of the season and... Klopp can go, well, we, we we didn't lose to City during mm -hmm. the entire season, whether it's in the the league or whether it's in the FA Cup. And hopefully if they meet in the Champions League, Liverpool take care of them as well. But for City, though, I think it's a bit of almost like a slap, like a, a reality check. Like, okay, we, we can't play our subs against very strong sides anymore yeah. because this is what's going to happen. So in the league, those matches are very important, and Liverpool had the first chance to play one of those. They played against Manchester United at Anfield on Tuesday evening. And Ta, I mean, 
I, I I don't think we need to be kind to Manchester United or respectful, <laughs> but when we saw that lineup, we saw a back five oh. that had Dallow and Wynabasaka as wingbacks, Phil Jones in the midfield, Pogba as a defensive mid, um, you know, Rashford and Alanga leading the line. I mean, top, we laughed. Like I we, we we were laughing five minutes into that match after yeah. Diaz opened the score. Yeah. It it was just an amazing watch. I've never been this relaxed watching a Liverpool United game. Every single time it's a derby, I usually feel a bit nervous. I'm not too confident what's going to happen. I feel like, oh, man, you win this. There are going to be memes for days about how, oh, Liverpool, this is the best team ever, and you lose to United, and then City win the league, and blah, blah, blah. But all that nerve, all that you know feeling of uncertainty is just all washed away. Yeah. I feel like Liverpool... They're on a different planet than United at this point. The first team to beat United in a Premier League season with a scoreline of 9-0 on aggregate and the first team to go eight games unbeaten against United since Chelsea did so from 2013 to 2016. This is the best Liverpool team playing against the worst Man United team in the past 30, 40, 50 years you can make the case for. I mean, where do we start? Thiago yeah. was an absolute conductor. He had a man-of-the-match performance. Um, I think his passing accuracy in the game was 98 in the first half, 98%. 90 percent. Yeah, ended, and then 96% in the second half. So that averages out to, what, 97%. And he completed 105 passes, one less pass than Van Dijk, who had the most in the game. But Van Dijk played the full 90. Yes, Long ball accuracy of 100%. There's a show reel right now on um, the LC YouTube page. So if you just go watch Tiago make passes, he just passes from every single part of the pitch, whether it's center midfield, a bit to the left, a bit to the right, dropping back deep to center back. Uh, the way he passes the ball is just immense. I saw some people criticizing the performance because they were saying, oh, it's United. There's so much space and stuff. And I'm saying... I don't care. Name me many other players in football who have the technical ability to execute those passes. Modric, De Bruyne. There's a, there's a few players who Cruz can do maybe? Cruz is a yeah. phenomenal pass with the ball. Um, would be very interesting. A Real Madrid matchup there again. Those guys are, you know... They would be balling out. <laughs> they, that would be an interesting one. Um, I'm a guy who likes when United and Liverpool are at their best. They were nowhere near their best. I mean, it's a shell of their former selves. They they are years off of competing if they're any if, unless they can make a drastic improvement under next year of Ten Hag. you talk about drastic improvement. It's been like a drastic downfall. This team was in the Europa League final last season mm-hmm. against Villarreal, and they lost on penalties. It was a very even match, and a year later they're in sixth place right now as of the time of recording. Harry Maguire and Phil Jones starting in the. Derby against Liverpool. And Victor Lindelof, too. Oh, I mean, them three against Mane, Salah, and Diaz is like... I mean, look... uh, It's like an amateur boxer against a heavyweight UFC fighter. Yeah. We both remarked, you know, the second we saw the lineup, Rangnick deserves some, you know, criticism for that. Mm. Because the first goal was a perfect example of it. Mane (laughs) dropped deep. Matic was nowhere to be found because him and Pogba aren't a great defensive And Maguire's just standing there in no way. And, and, and you know what? I feel bad for Maguire in that spot because it's a uh. really tough one to, to go into because what if he, he beelines for Mane 
and Mane beats him with a bit of agility, and then all of a sudden he's in no man's land. Mm-hmm. He's put in a spot where I'll give a quick take on Maguire. He's in a, a system that does not suit his best strengths. He has poor players around him. He's in a terrible run of mentality. He, I think, needs to leave to be able to get his absolute best. I think there's a solid center back in there. I think he's a top 10 center back in the Prem if he is, you know, in a system that suits him. A deeper block allows him to carry, to play long passes, and doesn't require him to be, you know, too pacey. But, I mean, he, he was never going to be able to do anything in that spot. Van Dijk would struggle in that spot if he was stuck in that left center back spot. And he has Mane dropping into acres of space in the middle of the park. And then two runners uncontested going past him. So looking forward now, after the win in the league, they have another match in the league against Everton. Another big derby. This coming weekend on Sunday, 11.30 a.m. Our time, 4.30 p.m. across the United Kingdom. You mentioned being worried for a Manchester United derby. Or not Manchester United derby, but a Manchester United-Liverpool match. This is a Merseyside derby against a very bad Everton side. Where is your level of nerves ahead of that one? I'm as confident as the United game. I think Everton are are awful, and they're coached by an overrated manager. Is as he well. even rated? Does anybody rate Frank Lampard? All the pundits are always on his side. I don't understand it, man. So I'm. He has to be overrated then, because how is he getting jobs at like teams like Everton? Why would you go hire Frank Lampard when you need to get results? He's not delivered like anywhere. He's so not. yeah, it's it's. It's a confusing one, but I think this is a revenge game because Everton ended their drought, their winless drought at Anfield last season. Oh, yeah. They won 2-0 at Anfield in front of no fans, obviously, but they, Doesn't they did count. so. Doesn't count. It, it does count. It does count, Jack. <laughs> it does count. Yeah. I you, mean, you it, know, it's actually, a win. You know, it, so, like, for the record books, it counts in my record books. Because think about it this way, right? This is how I've always argued it, is the bricks of Anfield do not intimidate opponents. It's the fans. So I would I will say it, again, it's too much text for like yeah. a graphic, like Liverpool's record with fans at Anfield, yeah. and they're like undefeated for however long. But uh, yes, I agree with the revenge for this. For this yes, match. it's a, it's a revenge game. Last time Liverpool played against Everton, Everton won two 0 and it was just an awful watch. I I didn't enjoy any bits of last season, especially during that February to March period. It was what, five, six home defeats in a row, something awful like that. But before talking more about this game um, and, and what I think it'll be like, uh, quick trivia time for everyone out there, if you want to participate. Can you name the center back pairing the last time Liverpool played against Everton at Anfield? All right, so I, 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 I'm going to, th- my logic is, I, I, I'm trying to remember the exact date of it. I forget when it was. I think it was before Klopp realized Playing like Kabak and Phillips probably a better call mm-hmm. that or, or Williams and Phillips was yeah. a better call than playing Henderson and Fabinho. I think it was Henderson and Fabinho. No, wrong. Who? So Henderson's right. Henderson is there. Fabinho's in the midfield. Mm-hmm. Henderson. Uh, I'll, I'll say I'll say Henderson and Phillips. Wrong. Henderson Kabak. Yes, his uh, Henderson man. and Ozan Kabak. <laughs> man, we, that was the beginning of the days of the transfer room. Yes, we were down. <laughs> I mean, I mean, our, our first two transfers in the transfer room was Ozan Kabak and Ben Davies. Ooh, <laughs> talk about trying to hype up those players, mate. Oh my goodness, it was quite literally a case of Liverpool's brand carrying so hard, and it showed the system that Kabak looked passable. Mm-hmm. You know, 
and date we haven't seen Davies do anything really. So unfortunately, unfortunate there. Um, but I mean, he's not, he's not, he's been poor for Norwich. He yeah. has been injured as well. But I mean, that's just the case of also Norwich being terrible and Liverpool being great. But that, that was it. You're taking me back to dark memories, Todd. We're, we're in, we're in dreamland right yes. now. And you're saying, Jack, remember when it sucked? Remember when it was terrible? And I'm like, what, what are you doing right now, Todd? <laughs> I'm just trying to paint a picture of how things have changed. Yeah. A year is a, a very, long very long time in the world of football. I think about guys like Mane, especially, <laughs> where he was a year ago. People were saying, sell him, get, get him out. And now they're saying... Ball and door contender. Ball and door contender. Yeah. It, it's it's proof that trust pays off and that players can, can improve. You know, mm-hmm. the class is permanent, form is temporary. Yeah. And I think Sunday's match will be an absolute thrashing. thrashing. I feel like Liverpool will just go out there... Whoever's playing, doesn't matter if it's the main starting 11 or if Klopp decides to spray a bit of the subs in there, I think Liverpool will just run away with it. They're riding the high right now. They just took care of business in the Champions League. They beat Man City in the Cup. They beat United in the league. I think Liverpool would go out there, put on a, a great show. I, I, there, It is a match Liverpool should win. You know, you need to win for the title race. Um, and, and there's really, I guess, not really too, many, too much excuses you can say about it um we'll get into kind of some some predicted lineups um for utah everton currently at the moment sitting in 17th place just a point ahead of burnley with a match in hand they're very much in the relegation picture after some points picked up by burnley um but this weekend you know in terms of matches city play watford on saturday so they'll have the pressure on liverpool yep for, for that sunday match i'll give my lineup first because i have some controversial predictions Go this, for this it. isn't what i want Go for this it. is my guess for what's going to happen Henderson at the six. I'm kind of going all over the place. Henderson at the six. Oxlade Chamberlain, right central midfielder. Yeah, could happen. Milner, left central midfielder. Ooh. So going Brexit midfield right there. Simicast, left back. Kind of utilize Milner, a bit more defensive option. Don't mind that. Don't mind. I think Trent will start. Scouse, you know, he's not a Scouser abroad. He's a Scouser in (laughs) Liverpool. I think Kanate, Van Dyke, center back duo. Okay. Maybe Kanate Gomez, but I don't think Klopp disrespects him that much. I don't think it's that bad. I think Allison and Ned, obviously. And I think a front three of Jota, Diaz, Salah Mm -hmm. is my prediction there. I agree with you in every single position of the pitch, except for maybe one. I'd say if you play Milner or Ox, you play just one of them at the, just one of them. Yeah, you don't play both of them at the same time. So I'd say you either sub in a Fabinho and you push Hendo a bit more up the field. Curtis Jones maybe instead. Or yeah, or you put a, a Curtis Jones instead of Harvey Elliott was a Milner as well. Yeah, one of those guys. But I I think you rest Keita. I think you rest Thiago and. You save them for for Villarreal, but it, it sh- I don't think they'll have much trouble. Yeah. Like even the side you put out should still take care of Everton. Yeah, I, I think that it, it. Yeah, it's at Anfield. If if Liverpool drop points, it's you know it's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it simply is. You know, you, you have to have high expectations at this point in the season. What is your prediction for the score, Tom? Um, last time I went with a three 0 win. You were close. I was close because the match ended four 0 And, so and this... also, we were thinking for a moment that you had the score prediction, the scorers spot on, mm-hmm. but you were slightly off. Oh, I was mean, slightly off. You yeah, had, you I had said... solid goal, Jota Firmino. I think is yeah. your scorers. If we play a team that's similar to how we lined up against United, then it'll be four okay. or five 0 Yeah, okay. so four 0 Why not? So who are the scorers for that one for you? 
Mane continues. Let's say I get one from Hendo. Captain's goal. He scored in the first game as well. Salah and whoever the other front player is. Diaz, Jota, one of them. Yeah. Interesting. At this point, I'm just giving up, like, (laughs) predicting who scores. I don't really care. Honestly, just get there in the end. Just get it across. Just get it across the line. Um, I'm going to go similar scoreline. I'm actually going to cut yours in half. I'm going to go with what what you originally had, 2 0. Um, I think we'll get a goal early. I think we get a goal maybe a bit in the second half. And then we've kind of seen it in the last few matches against United, against Man City, um, against Benfica, uh, where Liverpool have kind of dominated the early match, early proceedings, and then kind of just shut down second half. Angles scored two goals, thir- first 40, 50 minutes of the match, and then just kind of go into cruise control and just get ready for that match against Villarreal. So we both have wins, no goals scored for Everton. Um, so the match that they would get geared up for, the reason why I had a heavily rotated side would be to offer maybe the NFT midfield against Villarreal. So that match is going to be on Wednesday of next week at 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. here in the United States. Perfect. Um, and it's an interesting one. Gerard Moreno, big player for Villarreal, had a hamstring injury mm-hmm. in their, I mean, maybe, their, maybe not their last match, but very recently. Mm-hmm. He's now a doubt to make the match against Liverpool, at least the first leg. Um, it would be a big loss, obviously. But talk, kind of when you're viewing, you know, this match against Villarreal, well, it, it's hard to look so far out to then, but what kind of rotation do you see after your lineup on the weekend head into that match against Villarreal? Klopp will play his best 11 against Villarreal. Yeah. doesn't matter if some players are picking up sort of a, a slight knock or, you know, being a bit fatigued. He will have to play his best 11 because mm-hmm. if you go out there and you take care of business in the first leg, it alleviates so much of that pressure. It makes it so much easier to approach the second leg away from home because the second leg's not at home anymore. So you don't have that, yeah. I guess, comfort of saying, ah, whatever happens in the first leg, we can take care of it in the, at Anfield. You would rather go out, play very well, dominate the game in the first leg at home to allow for there to maybe be some scary moments, some mistakes, because it's the Champions League semifinal. You're not going to control it. You're not going to win... 5-6-0 on aggregate. I hope I hope Liverpool go out there and beat them 3-0 at home and 3-0 away, but you're going to expect some some things it's from Villarreal. Yeah, it's yeah. the Champions League. And, and Villarreal, I didn't even expect them to get this deep into the competition. Wow. They were in Group F with Man United. They actually finished second. They finished below Man United. Came out, had to play Juve, drew the first game at home. I was like, yeah, whatever. They're going to get thrashed at the um, Allianz or whatever um, Juve Stadium is. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, they play that Unai Emery special. They play a special dish He's where good at knockouts. you you sit back, absorb the pressure, exactly what they did in the Europa League last year, and you hit on the break. And when you have the likes of Arnaud Danjuma, who I'm a player I'm very high on, running against the opponents, running in situations that you're not having a lot of defenders left because you're counterattacking play against them, then there's going to be space. There's going to be opportunities. And Arnaud Danjuma is the main catalyst for Villarreal. Liverpool will have to be careful of him because when Liverpool are busy on their attack and that one ball gets sprayed all over and it's uh, one-on-one or it's a two-on-one and maybe Van Dijk's left exposed alone or Matip or Konate, that's when Villarreal are very dangerous. Those quick transition plays from a defensive situation to an attacking situation. So Liverpool will have to be careful of that. Having said that, though, I think Liverpool have played teams like this very, very often this season mm-hmm. where teams come to Anfield, park the bus, hope to counter. And 
I think Klopp should be able to manage his side and get over across the line. That first leg, your score prediction, Tal? I'm going to go with a 2-0. I don't think it will be super cruise control, but I think at the same time, though, Klopp can be defensive enough in not allowing Villarreal to score. So 2-0. I'm going to... I want to back Konate. I'm going to say Konate scores another one. He is three continues. I'm going to say Konate scores early in the first half, sets the tone. Liverpool go on the attack. Some scary moments with Villarreal attacking. And then in the second half, uh, Luis Diaz goal to kill it off. I'm going to say some, a pretty crazy thing. Pretty crazy thing. Yeah. So Konate's three goals for Liverpool so far this year have mm-hmm. been both goals in either leg of a Champions League quarterfinal. He scored the first goal in a FA Cup semifinal. If he scores a goal in a Champions League semifinal, when do we get the Canate for Ballon d'Or shouts going? Oh, my goodness. Look at those goals as a center back, getting those important goals, big defensive performance. I'm, 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 I, I am kidding. But he's been imperious at the back. He'd be a great guy to get a goal. Uh, I, I think, you know, against Everton, I would love to see a rotated lineup and still get a result because that would allow you to throw everything at Liverpool, uh, at the Villarreal match. And then the Newcastle match, and then rest again against Villarreal second leg, and then Spurs in in the return, um, not the return leg, but in the in the in the league, yes. probably the toughest league match on the stretch of the season. Yeah. Um, that's what I would love to see, and, and I would think three 0 is my prediction for the first leg to kind of really put a serious stamp on things. I think Salah gets a goal, I think Mane gets a goal, and I think I think Trent is due a goal. I think he's been getting into some good spots, just hasn't been able to get some shots off. I think he he lines went up where it's like the broadcast cameras to his back, and we just see an arrow just leave his boot, <laughs> go to the top left corner. Um, that's my prediction for that for that first leg against Villarreal. So I have a 2-0 against Everton and a 3-0 against Villarreal, which would allow you to, to I think, go hard against Newcastle, and then not full rotation, obviously, on the second leg, but kind of similar to that second leg against Benfica, yeah. where you knew you know they're going to have to come out to us a little bit. There's some comfort, yeah. There is some comfort there. So it's... Uh, it's it's the fun, we we said it many many weeks ago now nearly nearly a month ago it's finals from here on out yep they've won every final or at least if it wasn't a win like against an Inter Milan or a Benfica they've done enough to go through enough. yes um the only big negative since we've kind of started doing like these very consistent podcasts has been um the draw in the league but it's been a good it's been a good bit of juju by us to help Liverpool get a bit of good momentum going but any last thoughts before we get out of here Tom? Now, I'm honestly very excited. Lots of things happening here at the university, and uh, combine that with Liverpool. I'm just a happy man right now. Uh, why, why, why couldn't you be? So that's going to do it for today's show. That's been Ta, as always. I've been Jack. This has been the LFC Transfer. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Lots of content coming down the stretch of the season. It's the business end. And once the business end is over, the summer is back, and it could be a big summer for the transfers here at LFC Transfer Room. But I've been Jack Spenta. This has been Scouts Abroad. We'll catch you next time on the LFC Transfer Room.